Before we start today's show, I just want to give a massive shout out to Acast for making this show happen. Thanks, Acast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to the PJ Podcast. Hope your day's going well. I feel old this week. <laughs> and I know anyone listening that's older than me will be like, you can't say that. And technically I know I'm still very young. But this past few week or past couple of weeks, I think it's, I don't know, four months after having a baby, it starts catching up with you, maybe. Um, I have got hair falling out, that postpartum hair loss life. Charlie hasn't been sleeping amazingly. I tried to lift a plant the other day and I think I did my back out. And I went for a run for the first time in ages. And I kid you not, the next few days it felt like I'd run a marathon and been hit by a bus. So <laughs> I'm going to put it down to end of year fatigue. Also tomorrow I'm going on a flight for the first time on my own with little Charlie. So wish me luck. And if you've got any tips, I have had a lot of amazing advice online, but if you've got any golden advice with flying with little ones, please let me know. All right, <laughs> let's get on to this week's guest, Catherine Mahoney. We're heading across the ditch. She is an English curly-haired Capricorn, a publicist by trade, who never leaves the house without a red lip on. That's her words. Um, she moved from the UK in 2000, and after 20 years as a celebrity publicist, she's taken a leap of faith and quit her day job to follow her dream to tell stories and write. Uh, she's got two podcasts, so I quit my day job, and not another parenting podcast. She's got a hilarious book called Currently Between Husbands. And in this chat, oh, it's so much fun. We talk quitting a job to pursue your dream, public scrutiny over your relationship, hitting rock bottom at LAX airport, dating um, in your 40s after divorce, and manifesting. How important are vision boards? We go through all of those topics in this week's chat. I hope you enjoy it. Yeah, you have had a few headlines. I was um, I was looking your name up and I was like, oh gosh, there's a few little gossip yeah. uh, headlines that you've had in the past. And loads of shit photos. Thanks, Google. <laughs> and thanks and thanks, news.com for like just running <laughs> running photos where I had no eyebrows back in 2007. See, that's <laughs> just cruel, eh? Like you've got good ones now. It's not look great eyebrows now. Come on, take a photo. <laughs> so we've never oh. actually, we've never actually met before, but um, we do have a few things in common. I'm an oversharer. Um, I have family from the UK, 
And um, I've also just recently dabbled into the world of podcasting. And did you know, I swear you stole my idea because I really wanted to do a podcast just called I Quit, talking to people that literally pivoted and quit their job. And I was like, nah, there won't be enough stories. Like, I've got a story, but how many are there out there? Turns out there's so many. So many. I think I'm up to 150 guests online. When did you actually start the podcast? Um, I started it, um, this is hilarious, I started it in February 2020, so I quit my day job, and then everyone lost their day jobs in March 2020 because of COVID. No way. So you did it literally before COVID? Literally. I I quit my day job in, um, gosh, I think it was September 2019 to start to write my book and do sort of all that stuff. So I was at home, used to that home office sort of thing. But yeah, I remember it was the Apple pick on um, on iTunes, my podcast, literally as the news headlines were, millions around the world lose their jobs. People are going, so I quit my show up. Oh my gosh. So I was like, oh. So I did, I did a season of 10 and then I was like, and we're still in like COVID world, obviously, because it was early 2020. And I, I remember saying to a few people in the industry, do I rebrand? And they were like, no. Nah. So I just I just changed the, the cover of the art. So it said, so I quit my day job. And then there's a big stamp and it said, then a global pandemic started. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, like, yeah, it may have been bad timing at that time, but it's actually ended up being super relevant because what do they call it? The mass exodus or something of 20? Everyone's like... You, my boss, I hate you. I'm going. I <laughs> yeah. never wanted to work in a bank anyway. I'm going to be a stripper or whatever they decide to do. It's like <laughs> because what? What's your story? I mean, do we go all the way back from when you moved to Australia many years ago? Do you want to go back that far? Yeah, I mean, look, I um, fell in love with a, an Aussie in London, mm-hmm. as you do. Mm-hmm. Moved to Brizzy in '99, and I, you know, I'd worked in London, and it was super cool, and it was freezing because it was November. And I got to Brisbane um, in 99 and it was so hot. I've never experienced heat like that. And this was so many years ago. It was when like the Rachel Friends hair was in fashion. And my boyfriend that I followed to Australia was like, oh, I don't really like your hair clearly. So I would always straighten it. But that just went out the window in Brisbane. It's so yeah. humid. Yeah. It's like grits. Look like an afro. Um, anyway, I got, um, I started to work for a street paper up there. I'd always wanted to work in the music industry. Couldn't sing. Loved music. You know, just like couldn't go a day without sort of listening yeah and I got a job um at Sony Music in Sydney as a coordinator you know I was 25 we got paid no money but you know you could trade CDs back in those days so you go for a haircut you'd be like yeah I've got five new albums (laughs) would you get to go to heaps of free gigs as well Oh, many free gigs, yeah. you know, touched, touched J-Lo's bottom inappropriately by accident on a yacht, thought I was going to get the sack, had Beyonce tell me I had great hair, like it was my dream job, like all of these celebs um, and musicians I'd, I'd loved, and then I'm, you know, I'm, I'm there just loving it, loving it, loving it, met um, my ex-husband, we did DVDs, most of your listeners will be too young to even know what a DVD is, <laughs> Google it. They were indestructible, apparently, but they're very destructible. And we did this se- we did these series of the best sportsmen in each kind of sport. And Andrew Johns, rugby league player, the, you know, ate the mortal, blah, blah, blah. He was the first one we did. And I didn't know rugby league. I'd grown up in the UK watching football, mm. which is soccer to me, and wanting to marry Eric Cantona from, you know, Manchester United. <laughs> I could still marry Eric Cantona. Let's not say that's off the table. Never um, say never. 
never say never um and I and I met yeah I met Andrew and um we kind of I suppose we fell in love mm. um and I remember I'd had this thing I was like I will never get off with a talent I will never be that person that has sex with a boy band or you know as they come through town I was like no you know so I had really high morals and then I sort of I looked at this guy and I thought, he's not going to do any music. He's just doing one DVD. Like he's good Doesn't on count. Field. It's a one-off. <laughs> this is just not going to, this won't be long-term. And then, and yeah, he he told me early on, he, he you know, fallen for me. I said, we can't, nothing can happen until the project's over. And then when the project was over, we went for our first date and we had a big pash in, in Rushcutters Park in, in Sydney. And uh, then I got home the next day for a letter from a letter saying I'd been deported. <laughs> like, what? Really? Because I was on my de facto visa with the guy that liked me straightening my hair. Oh, no. And then Sony, <laughs> and then Sony were going to sponsor me, and, and which they did. Yeah. But there was that sort of, the, the clause was you had to be offshore to be sponsored on this business one. And it used to be go to your lovely country, go to New Zealand for a weekend, get your passport stamped and off you go. But there was a huge backlog at the time for some reason. So I literally, yeah, I had to go home. Anyway, maybe that helped the romance and the fires burning. And, yes, you know, it does. The Absence um, makes the heart grow stronger, doesn't it? It really does. <laughs> um, yeah. And then I sort of came back and, yeah, I mean, sort of, I guess the rest is history. I, I spent a lot of time at Sony. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're talking career stuff, um, spent a lot of time, spent six years there, loved and adored it. Andrew played for a team which was two hours out of Sydney in Newcastle. So after kind of all of those years of up and down the freeway, it was like, I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to start as a freelance publicist, move to Newcastle. And anyway, we had, we had, if you've read some of the headlines, we had some rocky times in our relationship. <laughs> and so one of the breaks, <laughs> I met someone recently and they went, Oh, were you the one that was on off with him a lot? Oh my God. How <laughs> is like, that? How is that for everyone to know your relationship via headlines? So weird. I was like, listen, we did 13 years, which I think is quite solid. A, quite a good effort. Quite yeah. a good effort. Anyway, came back, got a cracking job at Channel Nine, um, loved it there, worked, um, worked doing the publicity in sport. Um, but music was always my passion. Had Lewis, my beautiful um, now 13 and a half year old son, came back to work. Did a bit of stuff at the NRL, which I loved, community stuff. And then I got a job with Fitzy and Whipper, who do Sydney Breakfast, radio hosts, mm-hmm. and I was their publicist. And I, yeah, I loved it. I loved it and I loved it. And I was there for five years. I was probably there for two years, too long. And in amongst that, my marriage went tits up. And I just remember thinking, I wish there had been a book out there when my marriage ended, because nobody else I knew was divorced. Like mm. everyone else was happily married. Not the case now, eight years on. Duh, duh, duh. <laughs> yeah, mm. times have changed. But at, but at the time I was like, I don't want a self-help book. I want a funny book. Yeah. But, you know, like I want a Bridget Jones style book. I want to laugh along. I want to cry and I want to know it gets better. And so I had this book in me and I thought, oh, you know, like easy. I can write it. I do breakfast radio. I'm finished. You know the score. I'm finished by, you know, lunchtime. Mm. But the thing is, doing breakfast radio, you're buggered by lunchtime. Oh, and you are. Your brain's fried. You just go, I sort of sleep and eat carbs, <laughs> you know. So at, it's not. At what point in the relationship did you know you had this book in you? Was this once it was fully kaput or was it sort of oh, towards yeah. the end? Yeah, yeah. I never. I, the, the problem was I'm a massive oversharer. And so. I could be me until I was attached to somebody that was big. And, you know, we kissed once in the stadium and it was the front page of the Telegraph. You know, Mm. like I got stalked. It was the front page. Like it was bonkers stuff. And so I had to kind of be really, I suppose, 
not small. No one made me small. I made myself small. So instead of being the, the oversharer with the funny lines, I was like, ooh, I talk to journos all the time for my job. And so you didn't want to be, oh, Joey's missus, blah, blah, blah. You know, <laughs> so it kind of turned it right down. Um, and I don't think I was able to do what I sort of do now. I wouldn't have been able to do it with him. Like, yeah. sadly, we had to not be together for me to shine you know, be an oversharer. Um, so anyway, I, I didn't know I had the book in me. I knew I had funny stories in me. I knew I was self-deprecating. I could make people laugh. It was my only superpower. I'm a crap dancer. I'm not <laughs> in the bedroom. I'm terrible in the kitchen. You know, so I'm just like, it's my one thing. I can do funny. Um, so, yeah, so as, as I kind of, as I started to heal, I thought I, I want to do some stuff. And I started to write, I, I'd started a website. I started to share my funny stories. Because of my contacts in the media, I got stuff published on Mamma Mia and Nine Honey and News.com. And, and suddenly I was like, oh, but sod it I'm gonna write a story about I've always got thrush like you know that's why I don't wear jeans because that's just that's just gonna be a relatable relatable thing, you know so I could be that and nobody seemed to care and then um I kept talking about this book all my psychics said you've got this book it's gonna be this and I was like whoa and so I um the partner I had at the time I was with um a kiwi for for four years and at the time he he believed in me and he was like do you know what do it, squirrel away a bit of your mortgage, quit your day job and just make the leap. And you know what's the worst thing? The worst thing is you go back to being a publicist. And mm. I was like, okay. So I quit um, my day job. I started the podcast called So I Quit My Day Job. Um, <laughs> yeah. To validate to your decision. Did it help? <laughs> it was like, hey, I can see what she's done there. Um, <laughs> and I think I, I had like four publishers reach out within like the first season going, what have you quit? Why are you writing a book? What is it? And then I kind of did a dance for a while with a few publishers. Some were like, it should be fiction. And, you know, I kind of, I did a mm. fiction call. I was crap at fiction. And then, <laughs> and then I kind of sat on it. And then a lovely lady from Alan and Unwin, an Irish girl, she reached out and she printed all my columns that I'd written. And she was like, just do it in your voice. Just do it as you. Don't try and fictionalize it. And, um, and yeah, so I sort of, I, I sat on it for a bit longer and then a lovely lady, my publisher, Emma Nolan from Simon & Schuster, reached out and I put the prop together and a book is called Currently Between Husbands. But what the publishers fought for and, and bought was actually, I don't like cricket or blowjobs. It's <laughs> <laughs> what it was going to be called. Yes. I had a sports, <laughs> I had a sports journal friend go, do you ever want to date again? I'm not sure you should call it that. <laughs> I said, look, I don't mind a one day. I said, and I don't mind the odd head job in the early days. I said, but you know, it, it will then be Christmas and birthdays. Let's be honest. So, who who made the call that that wasn't going to be the title in the end? I think at some point somebody <laughs> publishers were like, "Not sure Kmart will take this." <laughs> and then I was, and then like Ben Fordham, who's a great mate, was like, when I got the book deal, he was like, "Great, let me put it on my socials." You know, blah blah. blah. And and as a and my inner publicist went do you know what how can I go on the today show how can yeah, I do yeah, that, that yeah currently between husbands stepped in um <laughs> because it, it's what I say when people say are you married because I think divorce sounds like you're a bit of a loser well, it's depressing yeah something. so I just go I'm currently between mm. husbands <laughs> and it flips it and it's like they're like how many have you had yeah <laughs> and it's like oh so so when's the next <laughs> so one coming so that's the book um I got a, a body and soul I got a national column 
which is um awesome and yeah I'm so I'm I love what I do I love mm. it how really therapeutic do. was that whole writing process for you hugely cathartic um I ended up writing the majority of the book when we had the big lockdown in in Sydney um that kind of four or five months one yeah look I think time heals and I've I've done lots of work with different like life coaches I'm all about kind of spiritual sort of energy healing and forward-facing yes. stuff and crystals in my bra and you know I'd, I'd kind of done enough sitting on sofas during the marriage and before I mean Andrew's very public about his bipolar so that kind of came with a lot of straight sort of yeah. chat whereas afterwards I was like no I want to know I want some forward stuff I want positive stuff so I'd healed a lot and I, I think if I'd written the book closer to the end of the marriage I would have been like you know I'm at Andrew then it all went wrong whereas <laughs> whereas like you know seven I think we were seven years down the track when I wrote it I got so deep into meeting him falling in love oh. kiss, like the romance and and I truly I, I really enjoyed it because um you know I think for anyone whether you've got whether you've been divorced or a big relationship has ended generally you put it in a box and shove it to the back of the wardrobe and go I'm not thinking about that you know <laughs> yeah. especially with a divorce and you've got child and lawyer you know like it's it's not lush and so you don't remember the good times and for me it's really lovely to think it didn't work but I really loved him and he really loved me and you know we have a son who can read that now mm. and, and know that because he was, he doesn't remember mum and dad together, you know, so now he can read. We had a great time together. Just, you know, it just didn't last the course in what, the end. What was um, Andrew's thoughts on the book? Have you heard from him about it? No, he got to see the bits that he was in. Yeah. Um, and that, that was kind of, I didn't really hear. I didn't want, I didn't, I didn't offer up my, this was when I uh, popped my cherry chapter and this was some shit sex with people on Tinder <laughs> after we, we got divorced. I sort of figure if he wants to read those bits, he bless yeah. him. Yes. Oh my God. Wow. You know, it must be really interesting just having your whole relationship commented on like this whole time. I guess it's cool that you've taken power back with yeah. your whole story. It's like yeah. you get to control the narrative yeah. now a little bit. Absolutely. And I think, um, you know, for me, I sort of, the book starts off like, you know, the first chapter is called, does my rock bottom look big in this? Where I have like a catastrophe <laughs> at LAX airport where Valium and vodka don't go that well together. Kids, if you're listening, don't try it. Didn't. Get oh my God, did you have one of those moments? I had a massive moment all through the, the, the Qantas lounge and well, all over the walls. Anyway, oh, it's shit. fine now. I've been allowed to fly since. This was a long time ago. Um, was this post-divorce yeah. or during breakup? This was, this was, no, no, no. This was, this was two months after the divorce. This was fresh. Oh, that's understandable. This was super fresh. That first year, all bets are off. Yeah. Like, you know, literally. <laughs> Don't judge me on that year. Um, but yeah, so we start with that and then I kind of, you know, go, okay, so you could, you know, from the, the title, the marriage didn't work, but let's, did I always suck at relationships? And I just go back, I go back to my first kiss, I go back to my first crush, like, and it was awesome because I reached out to all of them and I was like, so Paul Whitaker, you took my virginity, how do you feel about this chapter? Do you want a pseudonym or are you all right with your real name? <laughs> and what did he say? Did you have to change it? <laughs> I sent him the chapter and he's like, how do you remember like the details of what I was wearing when we first met? And I was like, because I'm a chick. <laughs> <laughs> Memory. 
So wow. yeah, it was actually a really lovely way to um to reconnect like with my past. And it was a bit yeah. I think, you know, remember we were locked in at that time. And so often half the week I was alone and Lewis was a dad half the week. And it was it was it's this weird I said to someone, it was like going into like the wardrobe in Narnia. I was like going back into Cass world, you know, like the past. And I played, I do a playlist for the book because I love music so much. And I would put music on that reminded me of being turned down at my first disco when I tried to ask Anthony Jones for a dance. And he said, no, no like, <laughs> you put the songs on and, and you are back there. It sounds so like it, was, it would lend itself to a good TV show or movie. Well, listen, that's, yeah, that's the next thing that's, you know, really? just starting to, but, oh, yeah. You said too much, said too much. <laughs> no, it's early day. It's early yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. It's exciting. Uh, and I think I wrote it with that in mind. I wrote it like you could see it as a TV show or as a movie. And, you know, let's set it in America. Okay. Let's, yeah. have <laughs> let's, let's go, let's go global, isn't it? <laughs> have you been blown away by the response from people saying, thank you for normalizing my situation? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I really like literally every day someone will reach out. That I don't know. And, and, and say that, you know, say I'm three months in, I'm, I'm not coping. Your book gave me a laugh, gave me hope. Um, you know, what are your advice on dating apps? And I'm like, mate, I'm currently still single. I have got no gems for you. I was <laughs> going to ask how, how is the dating going at the moment? <laughs> oh look you know it's a mixed bag um I, sometimes you go on the, I mean I go on the dating app sometimes just for content to yeah, be honest yeah, yeah, yeah. oh I've been there girl I've worked in radio I know that feeling <laughs> you know it's like really my god you know so there's there's a bit of that um all my psychics I've got seven I can't all my do you see I I usually around the world I'm good for a psychic if you ever need one oh my god same oh I actually I I'd be down for an upgrade actually I've got about three or four that I've kind of used over the last few years well I might we might do some we might do some trades please I'm I'm down just as we go into a new year I'm I'm keen for a little I I go I go every couple of months but like they've all said the same thing they've all said about book they've all said about tv show they've all said that I will meet someone not on the apps and I am ready for him. I think I'm back at F45 so I could actually have sex with the light on. <laughs> Do you find though every time you're actively looking, it's just terrible though? I just think that's just the it's universal hilarious. law of dating. It's like you want to find someone, you just can't. It's hilarious. And if one of my friends says one more time, it will happen when yeah. you least expect it, I will punch them in the face. But it's so true. They're all happy in their relationships. <laughs> you know, though, I, I think I needed to be single to write the book because I didn't want at any point my, my partner's head on my shoulders when I'm writing about, you know, the only good blowjob I ever gave. Or, you know, like I just, I just Who was it? Oh, it's because I was on a I was on a food detox. So I was on like these Chinese herbs. So I was like day seven. So you were hungry. Eating, I was starving. You put coconut oil on it, it tasted like a dessert. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like a, just a treat. Anyway, my partner brought back a big like jar of coconut oil the next day, industrial size. And I was like, oh no, I'm on cucumber and white fish today. <laughs> 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 But yeah, so I think rambling, I think I needed to be single to write the book and I needed to be single to go out and do the press around it and not 
and not be concerned about someone else, you know, that kind of freedom of speech, I suppose. But now you have that hindsight. That's a beautiful thing. You wouldn't have known that at the time and you would have felt your world was absolutely caving in. Yes. I mean, look, I just want to have, I just want to have, you know, an adult cuddler with something that doesn't need batteries. Mm-hmm. And someone has got arms. That would be nice. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. not a lot. Jeez, come on, Santa. Like when you do go on dating apps, what sort of preferences do you set? It varies. Normally, <laughs> I'm 47. Normally, I go like 40 to about 53. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't, like, you know, I don't know. That seems don't to want be. them to be too old. But I did go young the other week and I ended up matching with a guy who legit looked like John Hamm. He was from Syria. <gasps> he looked like a Syrian John Hamm. And I showed all my friends because they were like, oh, John Hamm. And, I, and they were like, oh my God, he does look like John Hamm. Um, <laughs> And he was, he was in his threes. He was like, I was thinking. Threes? What's like, that? Thirties? In his thirties. Like he was not. Right. <laughs> so I was just like, my friends are like, maybe you just need to just, you know, just get back on the horse, you know, and stop trying to look for your next husband and just kind of know that he's not your next husband. But um, Have fun. Yeah, we, met, we had a coffee and, and he was lovely, but there was no kind of spark. He was also a little bit slimmer than I thought he would be and I thought god could you imagine breaking breaking him breaking oh, a yeah. four-year-old that just would be traumatic do you find your approach to dating is so different pre-marriage like not standards have dropped but do you feel like you're slightly more open going into it yeah look I think and I say this in the book post-divorce you revert almost back to the age you originally were when you were dating and, and I'm at Andrew at 27 so there was no mobile phones there was no Instagram there was no dating apps you know you just met people the traditional way and it's just changed so much and we've had lockdowns and you know people have not gone out so it's sort of it is different and and the thing with the apps is people can go from like zero to a thousand in four texts you're like oh my god we've not even met and you want to stick it there no I don't think so (laughs) (laughs) where's the romance it's like people have there's a real bravado on the apps you know where people yeah can go to that level that I that I think, God, I bet nine out of ten of them would never say that to you if they were sat next to you in a bar. Could you imagine them going and doing their zip and going, do you want to see my knob? How many, <laughs> like, how many diddle pics have you been seen? Oh, just a few. I mean, they are not, they're not attractive. I did, I, I did try to send a boob shot once um, <laughs> to a guy that I ended up dating for a while. It's really difficult. Oh, to yeah. Make anything look good. Did you do it yourself or did you get a friend to stage it? Do you know what? I, t- I, t- I spent half an hour trying to do it, gave up, and then I went into the bathroom and it was winter time. And it's like I had a boob lift because it was so like cold, it like lifted, it looked oh, that's, perfect. Like, that's hot. Shot, and it was black and white, and I was like, that's art. <laughs> <laughs> that is art, ladies and gentlemen. And that's the only bit of a Mahoney in the cloud is my right boob. <laughs> are, you, are you currently on the apps right now or not? I'm currently off the apps after after yeah after meeting up with John Ham the other week. I was like, <laughs> I'm out. I've peaked. <laughs> I was like, God. Anyway, the great thing is it's summer and everyone's starting to go out, and so it's just um, yeah. You can meet in the old fashioned way. Expecting it every second. I'm least expecting it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Run over a cyclist, and it could be my next husband. <laughs> No, do you? Do you feel like your whole life is a story? Like now you've written, particularly now you've written a book about your life. Are you just like, this is fun? Do you find that you take things a little less seriously? 
Totally. So one of the stories I wrote um, for Body and Soul was about going on the apps and, and not being, you know, like how I would have to screenshot. If someone only talks an emoji, you'd have to screenshot it and zoom in and go, what's the yellow man doing? I don't know if you want to punch me, dance with me. I don't know. What do you want to do? And then I said, but I do know what the eggplant emoji is. Oh, no. And then the Daily Mail were like, Andrew John's ex knows what the eggplant emoji is. <laughs> it was just like... I just thought, oh God, this is hilarious. Like you just, you know. Have you ever had a headline? Day, if the TV show goes global, it'll be Catherine Mahoney's ex. Yeah, yeah well, <laughs> I was going to say. Sport, have yeah. you ever had a headline that's actually said Catherine Mahoney instead of. No. You're joking. Uh, no, oh, he's always, there's always been Some link. I think. Maybe the Stella, they did a really lovely Stella article and that, yeah, he wasn't mentioned. I mean, he was mentioned in the story, but he wasn't mentioned on the cover or anything, which is awesome. Is there part of you that just feels you're constantly trying to, like, prove yourself that you are whole on your own? Like, there must be some part of you that's like, this is shit. Like, for so long I have been associated by some man. I'm actually okay on my own. Look, I think the fact that I was a publicist for so many years mm. and I was so used to being the person behind the person, <laughs> yeah. that that was kind of just how I rolled. Yeah, um, right. We used to laugh if we were if we had a black tie event. Didn't laugh, but you could see, like, the people's sadness that they got to sit next to me and not Andrew when they thought, oh, maybe I'll be sat next to you. <laughs> and I'd be, like, I'd be like, in my head, you just give me a – you just wait till the start is over and I'll, I'll be laughing. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm the I fun one. I'm not but I'm really funny. <laughs> no, so I think I think you just kind of roll. You just roll like that. I think being a publicist, I was always kind of and you and that's fine. And you know what I what I did notice as as chronic an overshare as I am, um, I love being behind the microphone and I love writing the stories. But suddenly, when you are front and center and you've got book launches and um, events and signings. I realise I'm actually more of an introvert than I originally thought. Really? Uh, yeah, it's really strange. I thought, you know, it's one thing for me to say, like there's an incident, we were in LA and I'd stopped lasering because when the marriage ended, suddenly I was on one way, you know, like all of the, I was like, all of the extras, I was like, that's not, you know, and that's not necessity. So I was keeping the front bit nice. <laughs> I was not with a razor, but I was not going to go up the back with a razor in case I like did myself damage. And so I ended, you had like I a mullet. Up, I ended up having like a little bit of a tail, like they sort of twist it in the shower. And so when we're in LA and my mates are like, you've got to get off with someone, you know, Andrew's already seen someone. And I was like, I explained I had the tail and then they just marched me into the bathroom and shaved it off. So when I ha- when I meet people who go, I, I have bum hair too. <laughs> you go, oh yeah, I said that and I don't know you, but you know that about me. It's like... You're connected in this beautiful way. It's almost like a one-way street. People come up, they know all this stuff about you. You've got absolutely no idea oh, about them. Nothing, nothing. But I've been, I've been blown away like, you know, Gay guys have read the book. Older men have read the book. Sixteen-year-old girl reached out the other week. Like people who like it's. It is really not a book about divorce. It really mm. is just a sort of, I guess, a life story and and about love and and heartache and hope and um and funnies and and tears. I always have to remember because I'm so far down the path and I'm in such a good spot. 
but at the time it was horrendous and there were lots of tears and um that is expressed in the book so some people reach out and go god you know I was crying along with you and I'm like well, I'm fine now don't worry <laughs> fine. yeah but fine. that's that's the, the 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 brutal honesty that you have to include or yeah. else it's not authentic yeah because there were some really shit times you know there really were and I think that's that's part of the journey and and all the firsts you know you have to go to school and and say oh we need to have two meetings now and two reports and you know to, just stuff and just being in the playground I mean you're not there yet with a three-month-old but mm. you'll spend a lot of the early years in parks <laughs> on swings and stuff and yeah. suddenly I just felt like this loser that didn't have a ring on anymore and was like you know the solo parent and yeah, I mean, all of that stuff you work through. Um, mm. But but yeah, I guess it's the, the highs and the lows. So with your podcast, you're talking to people about mm-hmm. pursuing their dreams and being bold and taking that leap. Where do you feel like you're on that whole journey? Do you feel like you're living out your dream right now? Or do you feel like you're still not quite there? No, I, I'm really, I'm one of those, you know, punch me in the face full of gratitude people. Like I am really, I'm a glass half full. So I'm just... Every step of the way, I'm like, oh my God, I got to do this, you know. And I and I and I got a book, and and one of my dreams was, and on my vision board, like to see my book in an airport, you know, in a bookstore, and it's there. And people, when they travel, send photos, you know. And you just, I went into like the State Library in Melbourne, my books there, you know. So there are still gratitude pinch me moments along the way, and you know. And I think it's, yeah, w- what I learned was. Sometimes, maybe when I was younger, you really want something and you just want it. Like you, you can't, you can't enjoy the experience of getting there. You just want it, and it's not okay until you're there. Yes. And the reality is, then sometimes when you're there, it's a bit shit. So if you can enjoy the journey, as cheesy as that sounds, mm-hmm. and kind of, just, you know, waking up and going, oh, I get to do this today. Oh, I've got. To, I'm going to do a column. I'm going to do it on. I wouldn't have sex with me either if I looked at my wardrobe <laughs> drawer. It's horrendous. And then I get to get paid to write a story about it, you know. So, so yeah, and I think one thing I have, like becoming a freelancer and doing this, the money comes in in different ways to like a full-time job. And that'll be the same for a lot of people who, who change careers and follow their dream. Mm. But you just realise, well, maybe I don't have as much money at certain times, but I'm... I'm full in other ways. Yes. And I, you know, and I really do believe and feel that. How important um, is the vision board? Do you make them quite regularly? Yeah, I do. Um, I, had to, I had to move. Well, I just sold my house. I had to move it under the bed because like in the middle, <laughs> there's a big thing that says, will you marry me? <laughs> what a loser. Like if somebody walks in, they'll be like, shit, crystals by the side of her bed. This woman's going to die surrounded by lots of cats. <laughs> Put the vision board under the bed, but the vision board's back. And what you what you have to do, um, I was told by someone who helped me sort of work out the whole ma- like manifesting process is when something happens, you take it off the vision board to allow more stuff in, and you oh put my something God. new. On. I didn't yeah. know that part. Yes, yeah. How often you done that? And it's kind of might be blocking something else that's ready to oh come in. Oh my God! Yeah. So you're just constantly evolving it then. So you're not doing a new one all the time. It's kind of just constantly refreshing yeah. as you yeah. tick the things off. Yes, Graham Norton's still on there because I've not been on his show. <laughs> <laughs> but Amazing. I know it's going to be great. Is that the, wa- is that the wildest vision that you've got on your board? What would it be? No, I've got two Emmys for my TV show. Really? Oh, yeah, my no, God. Congratulations. <laughs> well done. Who thinks that we're batshit crazy? 
a vision board and taking the time to like find the images of things you want, you can almost feel like you've done them. Like it's so, it's so rewarding for nothing more than like, you know, a bit of color printing. I mean, just watch the glue you used. I remember I used really strong glue like, like the rest of the day on my fingers. So I was like, oh shit, they're all stuck together. So that's, that's probably that. Um, and yeah, just Jason Sudakis, he's on there too. I mean, you know, I just. Oh, wait, that's the one that was with Olivia Wilde, isn't it? Yeah, Ted Lasso. Couldn't you snog him? I would totally snog him. <laughs> the the beauty or the, the secret to the vision board though is like looking at it and actually feel like you've got it already, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Not like this yeah. is a far away pipe dream. It's like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, you know, no. go me, go me. And you go to bed and you imagine it, you know, and you're sat on the sofa talking to Graham and he's laughing and you're touching his knee and it's fabulous <laughs> and Jason's in the green room ready to go home for some good sex for the light on because I've done a lot of F45. I mean, it's the best. <laughs> Is your bum still hairy though? That's the question. <laughs> it's so waxing. I have income now. It's regularly waxed. Yeah. <laughs> It'll happen when you get older. Hair starts growing in places you don't want it to. I'm oh my not God. Even or even when I was pregnant. Like I had almost a tummy beard. Yes. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Weird stuff. But now Weird everything's stuff. falling out. I know it's going to come back. So yeah, with the vengeance. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, I was just going to say something. What was it? I knew the mum brain was going to kick in. You've done very well. Oh my god, Catherine. Oh no, I was going to talk about the income and um and I guess the inconsistent. Well, the inconsistency of it when you are pursuing your dream, that can be quite challenging, particularly when you've come from a cushy job. Do you have any advice around that? Because I've found that has been a bit of a, an interesting hurdle this year after coming out of a cushy radio job into, I guess, a life where it's like I'm curating what I want, but it's, mm-hmm. it's filled with a lot more uncertainty. It is, and that's, you know, that's a tricky bit. Um for me, I, I did a bit of remortgaging. So I kind of squirreled a bit of money over to the side so that I had that breathing space. Yeah. Um, but it is, it's tough. You know, you don't have sick days. Um, you've got to pay your own super. I mean, there are definite downsides to it. Um, and things will come in a lump. Like, you know, the book came in a lump. And then you go, oh, look at this money. And you're like, yes. yeah. And that's got to go across the next quite a lot of months, Mahoney. So yeah. <laughs> but it is, I think you just... For me, like the next 12 months is about realizing the dream of making this into something for the screen. Um, And so I'm just like the next 12 months, I just want to be creative and just be able to be playful. And, you know, because when you adapt something from a book, it's it's loosely based on. So your imagination goes wild. You're like, I can have a this character and a that character. So I just, I suppose I didn't want to be too tied down um you know with with a day job at that point so yeah. I've yeah I've, I've got my wages sorted out for the next 12 months and then um I'm not even going to say and then you know it's just all going to work out fa- fantastically but yeah you do it is those things where you go I don't have the exact amount coming in every month you know but, mm. you, but you work around it and I don't know, as long as we've got enough to pay the bills and everyone's okay and we're eating and, you know, you can cover whatever kind of, you know, costs for for Lewis and myself, it's the joy outweighs for me, like being able to go and buy, you know, another dress to sit in my wardrobe with my other dresses, you know. So 
Also, I did a lot of shopping when I was with Andrew. So I <laughs> You've got some well. leftovers. <laughs> well, I bought some really classic pieces that, you know, I put things on now. Someone goes, that's lovely. And I'm like, Scanlon and Theodore, 14 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Are you just, God, I was never a fashion buyer. <laughs> you're just waiting for trends to continually like, come, come back, back around. <laughs> um, oh, right. Yeah. Puffball skirts. I've got that. We're doing okay. I've got that. Let's go. <laughs> you mentioned the word play. Is that a huge part of that creative process and just having fun? Yes. Joyful, being authentic. Um, and and always, for me, the key has always just been the only person I throw under the bus is me. You know, people yes. who read the book were like, you're very gracious about your your ex. There was, n- there was no kind of, you know. There was Stepping nothing. on other people to get your own success. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, so I think I just I just put it out there. And my poor parents, I mean, Anne and Pete, God bless them. <laughs> you know, I was like, look, this is going to be in the book. There's some stuff, probably most of it not to read, Dad. You know, Did and they read of, it? I even thought Mum read it. And I even talked Lewis through the book because they were the two people, Mum and Dad and Lewis, that I kind of cared about. And I, But I also had to think, I'm, I have to be me. Like in my columns, in my podcast, like I have to be me. And so, yes, I kind of, I think, I think that. And the So I Quit one, I really love because I love other people's stories. And so you get this, you know, like, like we're doing now, mm. you get this amazing exchange of, of like a long form conversation as opposed to a three minute interview on radio. Yeah. And like, like you get to hear people's stories and, and they'll come off the pod and go, I haven't thought about that for years or I haven't talked about that. And you see the joy when they talk about their career flip where they go and now I do this thing you know yes. and it's like it's this amazing transaction so yeah um, I, I guess that storytelling and play are, are my, my things. And it gives people hope in a time where there seems little hope if you turn on the telly at the moment it's remembering oh, the simplicity of people's stories. Yes yeah. Um, what would you say is the most powerful uh, or inspirational story that you've had on the podcast with their flip and jobs? There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Gosh, do you know, like that would be hard to pick because there has been so many. Like I spoke to Richard Parker, who's the founder of Rationale, which is a beautiful <gasps> skincare product. Oh, the best. But he was a music teacher. He he trained in Japan. He was a music teacher. He had really bad skin. He used to go to Melbourne Library and research um, the anatomy and skin. This is before the internet. 
because he had a skin problem. Now, if you see him, he's just turned 60. He looks like he's 40. Oh, their products um, are and, liquid and their gold. Products are amazing. You know, there was, a, there was a girl who was a cleaner. She became a crime scene cleaner, loved her job. There was a banker who is now a geography teacher. And, you know, like they're so random, but everyone like loves what they do now, you wow. know, and I think that's, I find that inspirational. And also, um, as Richard Parker, the Rationale founder said, there is no, no such thing as an overnight success. Like, you know, you work hard, mm. you have the crap days, you can't make the rent, you know, like there there are those bits of your story. But I suppose when I'm capturing that hour of someone, you are, you know, you tend to get the kind of, they, they do share the lows too. But um, yeah, so I find that that is forever inspirational, you know, because it's someone who's, who has made that leap and, yep. and gone right Okay, let's do this. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much, Catherine. I'm going to exchange notes with psychics um, after this. So um, (laughs) thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. That was my chat with Catherine Mahoney from Sydney, originally from the UK, um, and of course host of the podcast. So I quit my day job and not another parenting podcast, and the author of Currently Between Husbands, which I have no doubt she will successfully turn into a TV show. She's on a manifesting mission. Get it, girl. Um, Love to know what you thought of that episode. Any takeaways that you had, you can send me a message on Instagram, the PJ Podcast. And if you haven't already subscribed, you can do so uh, wherever you listen to your potties. Leave a review. um, And I'll be back with a new episode next week. Christmas is coming, baby. Have a good one. I'll see you then. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.